Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. It's good to see you all. Amen. This morning, I want to share a very short sermon with you titled, Mate, Where is the Balance? <laughs> Mate, if you've ever boarded a trotro in this country, a day will come when you have to call the mate and say, Mate, uh, where is my balance? Where is the balance? <laughs> Amen. And this morning, that's what I want to share with you. Uh, there's a scripture in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1, and it says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Amen. Uh, when you are sitting in the trotro in Ghana and you say, Mate, where is my balance? You are asking for your change, typically. Um, and the use of balance here, um, is, is, is not too far off from the situation that makes you ask the mate for your balance. It's not too far from when the auditors come and they say, uh, the books are not balancing. <laughs> it's kind of the same situation. Uh, and many times in this walk we call the Christian walk, it is very, very easy to get to a place where things are not balancing. If you look at how much the person commits to prayer, if you look at how hard they fast, if you look at how they bind and lose, how they confess, how big their Bible is, how frequently they go on evangelism, if you look at all that and you look at other aspects of their life, mate, where is the balance? Anytime, so... Anytime a balance is false, and, and let me explain what it is. So, in the olden days, in fact, even today, when we say kilogram, you know, there is a standard weight that is universally accepted as one kilogram. You know, and if you were to go to your butcher and say you are buying X kilograms of, of mutton or of beef or whatever, they are supposed to put it on a scale. And it has to balance. But sometimes what business people do is that they will put a lighter scale, a lighter one kilogram. You know the old scales, you, you have the weight on one side and then what you're buying on the other side and it has to balance. And many times, somebody will try cheating you by... They work, they work it. In Ghana, it was called Kalabule. We'll get into that. So you say you're buying one Olonka. Olonka is a... You know, we had, so basically, we're using tins from maybe so it could be a blue band tin, it could be uh, some tomato tin, but it becomes a standard. And you go to the market and you see them knock it on the side, you see them knock the under in, so you are paying for one kilogram, but, uh, but you are getting far less than you are paying for. And we call it kalabule. Whenever the Christian life isn't working, it is because something is out of balance. This morning, the reason why I feel that we need to talk about balanced Christian living is because the church, especially those of us in the whole charismatic dispensation, 
have a tendency, we have a tendency to over-spiritualize everything. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, and this was Jesus himself speaking, where he was talking about why he's the good shepherd. At some point he says, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Three things. And my purpose as your Savior and Lord Jesus Christ is to give you life and life abundantly. The New Living Translation says to give you a rich and satisfying life. So Jesus draws this diagram for us, this chart. And then on the left, there is stealing, killing, and and destruction. And then to the right of it, you see life or satisfying life and rich life. Life and life abundantly. Sometimes when we hear the word devil, I think we like to imagine all sorts of you know, creatures with horns and all that. But Jesus was teaching his disciples, he says, look out for three things. If there is anything or anyone stealing from you, if there is anything or anyone killing you, if there is anything or anyone or any situation that is destroying you, you probably are dealing with a thief. So this morning I want to ask you, what is stealing from you? Look through your life. You know. I, I want us to do a lot of introspection this morning. What is stealing from you? What is stealing your peace? What is stealing your joy? What is stealing the harmony in your in your relationships? What is stealing your promotion? What is stealing your advancement? What is stealing your progress? What is killing you? What, as the doctor said, is killing you? What is destroying you? When the auditors come and they try balancing the books of a company and it's not balancing, there, is, there are two very high probabilities. One, that some, either somebody is negligent and not competent, so they just didn't, they may be a good person, but they just didn't do good bookkeeping. But the bigger probability is that somebody's stealing. And, and this is a very simple truth for life. You're a Christian. You love Jesus. But you can see that things are not balancing. If things are not balancing, somebody is probably stealing. And Jesus tells us who it is. The person is called a thief. But who exactly is this thief? In the context where Jesus spoke, he was talking about false prophets and false teachers. But what do false prophets and false teachers do? They teach you something which is not the truth. It may have similarities. It may share some similarities with the truth, but it isn't the truth. Basically, it goes to belief systems. Amen. What we believe. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 20, we read that, Therefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Sometimes we get into arguments, you know, would argue about whether it's working, you know, get into the, the metaphysical, the theological, make all sorts of arguments. But fruits don't lie, according to Jesus. If you look at a life and you look at the fruit it's bearing, you will know what kind of life it is. Amen. Growing up in this faith, I've met very, very spiritual people whose lives were out of balance. And over the years, you can see the impact and consequences of that. Amen. And I thank God for his word because in his word, he gives us guidelines on how the devil comes or how the thief comes 
to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. We like to spiritualize it, but it is not always complicated. One of the biggest channels is in the area of character. So, there are certain Christians I like to call toothache Christians. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 19, the Bible says that confidence in an unfaithful person in times of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. Have you ever had a toothache? Has anybody here ever had a toothache? Has any of you ever twisted your ankle or your knee, you know, had a foot injury? Would any of you ever like to experience it again? Like, would you like to have a foot, uh, toothache again or a foot injury again? Twist your knee. Why? So, in this proverb, King Solomon is telling us that just as none of us would like to experience toothache again or have a foot injury again, so no one wants to experience an unreliable person twice. So, sometimes the Christian will get a job. They'll get an opportunity. They'll get an opening, a chance. But then, the client doesn't call them again. There isn't repeat business. The person came and they were interested, but they don't come back. Why? I want to challenge us to see the virtue in this council of Solomon, where he advises us to be reliable. The thing about reliability, being reliable, is not you saying you are reliable. It is my experience of you, my perception of you. Amen. After I have dealt with you, after I've gotten to do business with you, after I've gotten to know you, do I have a perception that you are reliable or not? So it is not something you claim. It is, a, it is my take out of my experience of you. So you're a Christian and you maybe you make clothes or you produce something or you have a little business. If I was to place an order for 10 pieces of your garment, can you deliver? What if I request, I was impressed. So I said, well, you prepared a dish for 10 people and it was lovely. My company is having a party for 100 people. Can you deliver for 100 people at the same quality? And what if it's 1,000 people? Can you deliver consistently at the same quality? Confidence in an unfaithful person, confidence in an unreliable person, in the time when you're in trouble, is like having a toothache. <laughs> you wouldn't want to experience them twice. Why do teams pay millions of dollars for the Messi's and the Ronaldo's of football? Think about it. It's not because they can score goals. Pretty much everybody in a team can score a goal. What they are really paying for is consistency. The probability of Messi scoring a goal in a match is a million times higher than the average footballer. And because of that consistency, we pay them more. Way more than the average footballer. They are reliable. Amen. So we can, and, and unfortunately, you know, we'll, we can go to church and we'll name it and we'll claim it and we'll prophesy it and we'll speak it and we'll call it forth. Father, I call forth an expansion of my business from Bulga to wherever. They will know about us. And then you get one phone call. Hello, is this? Uh, can you deliver by... And you take it and it's, it's not good enough. You just give them a toothache. They won't call you back. So in this situation, 
Who is stealing from you? How is the devil stealing from you? So you notice that as much as the Bible is a very, very spiritual book, the wisdom of the Bible is for practical, everyday living. Amen. In another life, I work as a photographer. And there were times when companies in Ghana wouldn't want to hire me because they said I was expensive. And then they'll receive an order from their head office, wherever the head office may be. And then the head office will order them. Hire Nanakufi. We will pay from here if you don't have the budget. Why? Because at some level, somebody wants consistency. What is good today, tomorrow is bad. The other thing about a false balance and it being an abomination is that we can be spiritual. God loves us. But apart from many Christians being unreliable and how that is stealing from them, the next thing I want us to look at is something I referenced earlier, Kalabule, the principle of it, how it works. In marketing, there's something called bait and switch. So when you enter the you know, the, the restaurant or wherever, you see pictures of the food on, on the board and the prices and you order, you look at that burger, like this burger looks good. Then you order that burger and it's like, you know, it's this tall. And then they put something in front of you and say, that is it. And they're like, no, this is not what I see in the picture. It's called bait and switch. So basically anytime somebody promises a certain value but doesn't deliver it because the contract is that for this value you are promising, I'm paying you this much. This is not just about business. This is just about life. You said, oh, if you marry me, it will be X, Y, Z. This is the promise. And then you enter into the marriage. You're like, hey, my father, my father. It is not what was promised. Many times when the issue of divorce or a Christian marriage hits the rocks and it comes up and in the cause of the conversation, the issue of adultery comes up and maybe one party in the marriage has been caught in adultery. The whole check descends on that party. And it, biblically so. But it is often there is often more to the story than just that. When you dig deeper and dig deeper, dig deeper, you notice that both parties or one party didn't stick to the terms of agreement in the marriage. So they were busy minoring on major things and majoring on minor things. I mean, sometimes you can look at a somebody, I mean, years down the marriage, not when the boyfriend, girlfriend, and everybody was putting their best impression, speaking in their best voice, showing up in their best clothing. But years down the line, sometimes I think we should be able to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, knowing myself now, and the way I behave and the way I take care of myself, will I marry myself? You see, if I was to go on the market looking for somebody to marry, would I want to marry somebody with the character and this thing that I am today. Honesty always begins with self. Amen. So when the prophet wrote and said, a false balance is an abomination before God. Adultery is also an abomination. And a lot of the time, marriages fail because the balance is false. You know, when Kalabule happened in Ghana in the 80s, what really used to was happening was that Yes, we, we blamed market women. You know, the, the media and the government made us believe it was the Makola women who were the problem. But they were not the problem. The problem was inflation. See, and I'm hoping that someday the government of Ghana would apologize to all the market women that were insulted and disrespected and humiliated for how they were treated. But simply, she would spend $100, buy tomatoes from wherever, and at the time she was buying, $100 was 500 Ghana CDs. By the time she moves the goods 
to the market to sell, a hundred dollars is now a thousand Ghana cities. So she can't sell it at the same price anymore. And the government was trying to use control and they were just printing money by heart. That was when the city truly devaluated the most. It was a failure of a system. And so to survive, you, you, you go to the market and you say, I want to buy one Olonka of Gary. I want to buy this amount of Gary. And they would have to knock the sides. Sometimes they would have to uh, weld another layer in there so there is a false bottom. When they turn the bottom of the container, the measuring cap, the bottom you see is not a real bottom. In there, a new bottom had been created, which was higher. You know, just so they could survive. They were not being honest. But the reason why they were not being honest was because the government was not being honest. <laughs> it was more a government problem than the market women problem. Amen. But in this case, we, we don't have a government problem. Amen. Our Father, our Heavenly Father has set the standards. And he says that if you're going to go into this life as my child, this is how you should live. And in fact, he gave us three criteria for measuring honesty. Amen. It says, Luke chapter 16, verse 10 to 12, he says, if you are faithful in little things, so little things, that's always the test. You'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you will definitely also be dishonest with greater responsibilities. Verse 11, Luke 16, 11 says, and if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven. And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why would you be trusted with things of your own? So three things. Little things, worldly wealth, other people's things. There are some people, if you lend, you, you lend them your car, the way they would drive it. Like if it was your own car and you were paying to get it fixed, is this how you would drive it? And it says, because of this principle, you will not never get your own because you don't take care of other people's uh, things. You're a caretaker of other people's children. How do you handle them? He says, this will be an obstacle for you. So, beloved, this morning, let's not spiritualize it. How balanced is your life? In your work environment, will they consider you reliable? Do they consider you honest? Can they take your word for it? Are you faithful in little things? Not the big things, little things. Years ago, even though I grew up in church, it took a boss who was not a Christian to teach me this simple principle. One time, I don't know what the conversation was about, but I made a promise that, oh, sorry, I'll do this. And, and then, you know, later on, I changed my mind. So, but he had been looking forward to it. So <laughs> after a while, he came and said, eh, Nanakufi, and said, so oh, I changed my mind about that. And he said, no, but you can't change your mind. And I said, what do you mean I can't change my mind? It's my mind. <laughs> it is my mind. I can change it whenever. I said, no, you can't. You give me your word. Nobody had ever held me accountable to that level, ever. And he wasn't a Christian. He said, no, once you give me your word, you must stick to your word. Otherwise, I can't trust you again. Confidence in an unfaithful person in the time of trouble is like a toothache. We live in a culture where when friends are trying to start business in Ghana and they come to me for advice... It's, it's very heartbreaking, but I tell them, I said, listen, if you're employing the average Ghanaian, you have to think that you're employing a thief. So put in measures to reduce the possibility of theft. It's, it's very heartbreaking when I have to say that. But consistently, people have to close their businesses. In fact, we, had a, we have a brother who, he's not in church, so I, can, I think I can comfortably share this. He was going through a very difficult time in his, in his personal life, had a personal crisis. So somebody who had been a part of their family, not by, 
by blood, but had been around all his life. He said, can you take care of the business whilst I take care of this crisis? And it was the kind of crisis, family crisis, where it was costing a lot of money to try and solve. And he thought he had somebody reliable to be running his business whilst he was trying to solve this. At the end of the day, the guy had quickly run the business down, stolen everything he could steal. And he had also lost a lot of money trying to solve that crisis. So he came to zero. He trusted an unfaithful person. But this person goes to church. They probably paid tithe on the money they stole. You know, they probably blessed the pastor with some of it. And he blessed them. And he called for the blessings of heaven and of honey and of oil and favor over them. But the scriptures say that if you're unfaithful in that which is another man's own, you will never get your own. Never get your own. There'll be many times when if you're a reliable person, if you're an honest person, people will use you. You know, there are opportunists in this world. Because they know you are reliable, they try to take advantage of you. It's all right. In fact, there's a principle Jesus teaches, which he calls the extra mile principle. He says, if they are forcing you to go one mile, go two miles with them. Why? Because the truest source of reward for us, the Bible says promotion doesn't come from the south, nor from the east, nor from the west. Promotion comes from above. Amen. Your heavenly father, who sees your honesty, will promote you. I used to have an assistant who had barely finished SHS. And a friend was, at the time, considering the possibility of opening a gold mining company. And his first words after many years of knowing this young man was, you know, if my business gets to run, I'd like to put you in the gold room because you are reliable. He didn't ask to see his certificate. He didn't ask to see, you know, no, no test. He says, no, I, because you are reliable, I'd like you to be the guy who sits by the gold. Amen. You may have as many certificates, but there's no qualification greater than being a person who is reliable, a person who keeps their word. There are many Christians who are not seeing the fullness of God's blessing. And it's simply because they are not reliable. We live in a culture that doesn't honor reliability. It's unfortunate. We don't question the source, the cause. And so we don't celebrate consistency. Now, I have more to say, but I think I would rather that we spend time thinking about these things. It's just these two points. Because I've seen it rob so many people of the things God would want to do in their lives. They are not reliable. If they give you their word, you can't take it to the bank. You can't take it to the bank. If they write a check for you, you have to actually go to the bank, make sure it clears before you call them to say thank you. But when a reliable person gives you their word, you can go to bed smiling. He said, because he said so, he will keep it. Remember that being reliable is the very nature of our God. When Jesus was in the garden sweating, some say he says he was literally sweating blood. The scripture says he was sweating, sweat that, that was like blood. And said, Father, if it is possible, let this car pass me by. If it is possible, Father, this is too much. Father said, no. I made a promise long ago. And I have to be consistent with my promise. I have to keep my word. So son, as much as I love you, you'd have to go through with it. As difficult as, as, as it may appear, you have to go through with it. You have to go through the shame of it. You have to go through the dying of it. But if you, if, you, if you stick to it, even though it's painful, I will honor you. Sometimes being honest and being reliable is expensive. It can often be very, very costly. 
Because at the time I was making the promise, I didn't know that a football could cost that much. I went to make a promise in Garu Timpani where we work. There's this young man who plays football and I said, I'll buy him a football. Went to ShopRite, bought a football, took it, pumped it once and it was totally useless. And I was embarrassed because I didn't, I mean, when I said I was buying a footballer a football, I meant I was getting a proper football. But in the pursuit of trying to find a quality football, I, I mean, I ended up in Canada. I bought two footballs and brought them. <laughs> you know, finally discovered a good shop in Ghana. Bought another one. I wanted to make sure that I was getting him something very, very good. Why? Because I had given him my word. And it was expensive. I didn't know it would cost that much. But that was my word. I had to keep it. My time is up. I want us to spend a little time in prayer. Just spend a little moment of introspection. Look in your life and ask, Father, where I've not been consistent, where I'm not reliable, help me. Help me become a better person in this area. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you help us become a people whose lives are properly balanced, who back our words with action, people who are considered honest and reliable in everything we do because in so doing we'll be most like you we'll be very much like you and our lives will bring you glory we thank you lord for this word in jesus's precious name amen amen now we thank you for the word um as the practice, I will, will allow some one or two questions from the message before we go on. If anyone has a question. Any question at all? If no question, okay. job because there are no questions. Now, as a, as a testimony, I've tried to live a life of reliability and honesty, and I can tell you it's very hard, and you get criticized all the time, but I have a very peaceful life, so amen, and I've been at this 74 years, so if I made it, anybody else can. Amen. God bless. That's a great testimony. Psalm 15 is one interesting scripture about faithfulness. I wanted to ask if the reward for honesty and reliability is always experienced, I mean, while you're alive, or it should be like a teacher's situation. <laughs> Any more questions? The, the questions don't totally have to be based on the, on the sermon. Oh, I have a mic here. But the, the thing with reliability is that reliability is, is not a shrub. It is a mighty tree. You know, it is a mighty tree. So anytime you are planting a tree, you are planting for the future. If you are lucky, you may enjoy some of the fruits in your lifetime. You know, but you plant a tree for the future. Amen. It is for the generations that come after you. 
Amen. Uh, we are here because of the seeds others planted, the sacrifice they made. Amen. This very faith we hold dear cost people their very lives. You know, I mean, to the point where they were killed because this is what they believed and this is what they stood for. They couldn't have lived to enjoy the benefit if they got killed for, for the principle of it. But we are, amen. amen. So uh, sometimes we see the fruits of it, but many, many times it goes into the future. Your children will get jobs. Go, oh, if you are this person's son, uh, listen, the interview is over, you have a job because they found the father, they found the mother, the grandfather, the grandfather. Extremely reliable. Amen. Any more questions? So I'm reading Psalm 15 verse 4, the last part. Psalm 15 verse 4. Okay, the verse 1 says, Lord, who may stand in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy mountain? The verse 4 says, the one who despises those who are utterly wicked, but who honors the one who fears the Lord? Who keeps his word, even when it hurts and does not change. And that is a strong scripture. Sometimes keeping it is very difficult, but you have to. Um, It's time for offering. We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, the Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.